This episode was sponsored by Quests for Authenticity, the first and only coaching program that uses D&D to help people become just as confident in real life as their characters are at the table. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Welcome back to the Compendium. I am your host, as always, Casey, and with me is my co-host and dice extraordinaire, Jason Russell from The Critical Dice. We are back, and we are going to bring you guys another class breakdown for D&D. We are continuing on with the martial classes for now, the ones that, until they get further up the line, they don't really use magic, so to speak. They're a little bit more straightforward um, in some respects because of that. And this week, we actually had a special request for the topic of um, talking about the monk class and that came from one of our patrons on our patreon yeah and uh if you haven't joined the patreon you can for as little as two bucks and ask questions uh and get special episode stuff done it's uh pretty great so go check that out yeah and it helps us kind of cover some of the costs of just running the podcast for you guys and being able to present all of this for you so uh super appreciated if you guys want to check that out patreon.com forward slash the compendium uh so jason monks monks are interesting because my understanding is that they were kind of one of the lousiest classes in D D for a very long time, or maybe one of the most hated classes. And I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I don't know that I've ever heard that from any other class except for Monk. It's, I don't think it's gotten as much hate as I've heard from the Monk class. So what's a really brief history of the evolution of the Monk class in D&D? Uh, so basically the only other class that got as much hate was the Bard um, because I think in past times, the monk class and the bard class were very convoluted. They were confusing. Okay. And it did, it wasn't immediately obvious what you were supposed to do with them, or it didn't present a clear path of like, hey, this is what this, this class is about. I think in 5e, the ranger for a long time got that same kind of hate because a lot of the stock ranger stuff was all about exploration and tracking and survival skills and they're like but that won't help us in a dungeon and that doesn't help us in town and doesn't help in a battle and that doesn't and so Mm -hmm. it got a lot of hate for that and so i i think that's perhaps why that happened but uh monk is not one of the like og um classes either i think maybe it got um it joined in, uh, gosh, maybe 3.5. I'm not okay. really sure. I have to check, but it's one of the more recent ones. Um, it was definitely in fourth, definitely in fifth. Um, but I have to kind of look and see where it first popped up, though. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, when you think of monk, your mind goes immediately to like um, Aang, the last avatar. And it goes to the Iron Fist, right? The actual, like, hey, this is a monk. They're wearing the robes, all of that. But as it's presented in in D&D, it can actually span a little bit of a wider range than that with some of the abilities that you get. So what are some examples of characters, like well-known fictional characters you can think of that might not seem like they'd stat as a monk, but kind of technically are. I think we've talked about the Flash being one of them or Daredevil 
being yeah. technically probably more on like the monk side of things just to get people an idea of the the spectrum that playing a monk can run right i mean so it's really easy that to think about like a martial artist right like jackie chan jet lee Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Lee, all of those folks would be obviously monks. Um, and then you're right in superhero stuff. Any th- the problem becomes that since monks are really known for unarmed strikes, most superheroes also don't really carry weapons. They just punch people real good. Uh, and so, like some people I've seen do builds that are a Batman's a monk, and I'm like, no, not really. He's a rogue. Uh, but so, but because the monks are known to be so fast, not only in their movement speed, but also with the, um, uh, with the number of punches or attacks they can do in a round conceivably, uh, the flash would be a really good one for that or Quicksilver, things like that. Uh, so yeah. So, um, I think any of those would work. I'm just trying to think of other like genres of where monks might pop in, um, yeah, and I think also too, a lot of people like the cleric when they hear monk, they're thinking, you know, like Eastern monk, I'm sorry, Western monk um, that are like, you know, they make beer and cheese and put a, out a Gregorian. Uh, right, you know, the Gregorian chanting. Chanting Christmas album every year, but that's not really the, the idea. It's uh, it's more the, uh, the Eastern uh, martial artist. Uh, but also like every fighting game has this idea, like, you know, most of Street Fighter has real strong, uh, you know, monk vibes. And in fact, there's one particular monastic tradition, their subclass that is straight up Street Fighter, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So how would you say, because the big thing with monks is that it's very spiritual focused, right? You go to your monastery, um, but it's not going to be spirituality in, you know, D&D world the same way that like clerics or paladins are. So how would you kind of sort that in the, the realm of magic, deity, gods, religion? Um, it, it, it's presented differently. It's not just like, here's your cleric alternative. Right. Yeah. So monks, their spirituality is more like, I would suppose Buddhist in style where it's more about becoming one with yourself and inwardly focused about inner peace. Um, you know, the Druids and Rangers are about being at peace with the world around them, clerics and paladins more, you know, being aligned with their deity and monks are more about being aligned with themselves and who they are truly meant to be and the inner uh, resources of oneself and tapping into that. So it's in, in contrast to the cleric, it's inward focused where the cleric is outward focused. Right. And they're also not necessarily, again, it's these stereotypes that get us every time. Um, they're not necessarily hermits, right? I mean, they no. they live the certain way of life, but that doesn't mean they're not making, you know, they might have their monastery or something like that, but they're still making trips to town to buy apples and whatever they need to eat. They're engaging with the locals. Like, they're not just these very stoic, I will, I've took a vow of silence. I mean, they could be, but I took a vow of science and now I'm not speaking to anyone and I live in recluse in a cavern in the mountain like they can be very amiable people good to get you know fun to get along with yeah exactly it doesn't just because they're a monk doesn't mean they're cloistered you know it doesn't mean that they're off by themselves in some monastery or temple or something like that they can i mean a monk could just come from a family that practices that discipline or that they were trained that way but now you know they walk the earth like kang from kung fu um uh, or anything else. So yeah, they don't have to be a hermit. I, I think druids and rangers probably lean more that way than monks do. Um, I just thought of another great example of what a monk might be. Jedi. 
from Star Wars. Because, really? Okay, explain yeah. it. Well, because I, I'm, I was just like looking over the paragraph that talks about how like key works, like the kind of the source of their power. And so it talks about how it's a magical energy that's- um, That surrounds us. <laughs> no, listen, the energy is an element of the magic that suffuses the multiverse, you know, all around us, specifically the element that flows through all living beings. That it's, is the force. I mean, <laughs> you don't even really have to read between the lines too much. Yeah, there. exactly. Okay. And you think about like some of like the acrobatics that monks can get up to, like their slow fall and stuff. And then you think about the flip wizards. I'm sorry, the Jedi from the prequels uh, that how they're like, you know, jumping way high and falling and they're fine and all of that. So Jedi don't monks are actually... also can't possess the capability to like kill people with their mind in a weird way if you tie it together where they can do yeah. something and then just decide later on they want that person to die pretty much right okay so yeah i could see it yeah jedi are a strong contender in fiction to be monks that is not what i would have gravitated to normal like naturally right. but i totally see it yeah, and I, I think I've mentioned that before, but just reading that little paragraph, I'm like, wait, I've heard this before. Where have I heard this? Oh, yeah, every Star Wars movie thing ever. Right. So you mentioned it a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about um, how monks started venturing. Because even in the the player's handbook, it specifies that the life that they lead is very rigid. Like, and that's what they like. It's very structured. It's it's investing themselves and embedding themselves into a community of people in their monastery or their cloister, um, and so leaving is not just you don't just get a whim to get up and go adventure that's like a very big decision to to make um and what are what are some reasons that that could happen i liked one of the things that you already said about um the fact that maybe this is just a, like a family tradition where the family has yep. always been monks and studied this way and there is like a rebellious streak of like i i understand these ways but i want to understand more than more than just this so they do just leave yeah um maybe getting like asked by the head of the monastery to perform a special mission or yeah exactly you know i even think about a king off of that kind of family tradition you think about brazilian jiu-jitsu and the gracie family and like they started with one family now you could find a gracie you know specifically like almost every street corner in every town in america and a lot of the world uh, where they as a family have gone out and been the the kind of evangelists for their martial art uh, which is kind of a cool idea to do that too, because I think mean, what if you know that with some the proper training, any local townsman could defend themselves in their village and not ever have to pick up a sword or learn how yeah. to to you know beat their 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 plows into spears and that kind of thing, that mm -hmm. they could actually teach an entire village to defend themselves. And so maybe that's what they're doing, setting up just the basics or even establishing a, a dojo or something mm -hmm. in a town like every six months or something. I think that'd almost be like a missionary style trip, but yeah. not where it's like you've been dispatched to this town to help them prepare themselves for. Right. Right. Know, whatever might befall them yeah and i could even see them thinking that well what i teach not only helps them to find you know inner peace or whatever so it's it does have a quasi-religious mm -hmm. thing to it but at the same time to practically defend themselves and that what they can do isn't overtly aggressive it's defensive in its nature as, as so many martial arts are and i, I kind of like that idea mm -hmm. um that's the jedi thing again it is. Don't it give really in to the is. dark side. Mm -hmm. And there's some <laughs> there's some dark side subclasses in here for sure. Um, 
but uh yeah so i mean it also could to be that that they're sent out to you know as, as a test or as the next mm. part of their training it's easy to to follow this lifestyle when you're here at the school or here at the cloister but how does it work when you're out in the real world you know how how does that um you know change things when reality hits your ideals and so that could be really cool and then i also like what you said too like the almost like the feudal lord kind of idea where it's like okay we're going to send you out i need you to do this thing for me and it'll take you five years if there's no complications but you may not have been in the world much but i have there will be complications you know so yeah i kind of like that idea Thanks so much for watching this week, guys. This episode was brought to you by Quest for Authenticity, the first and only coaching program that uses D&D to help you become just as confident in real life as your D&D character is at the game table. If you're curious how you would measure up to your character, head over to www.questsforauthenticity.com to take a free quiz and find out. New episodes of the Compendium are published twice a week. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and follow along so that you're the first to know every time new content gets pushed out. Also, if you are enjoying this resource that Jason and I have put together and it is helping you spend less time having to learn the rules of D&D so that you can spend your free time actually getting to play, consider supporting us on Patreon. All of this work that we do comes out of pocket and out of our free times. And so Patreon is a great way to help support the costs that go into actually producing this content that we provide for you guys at no charge. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you guys next time.